you know, <laughs> and, and I don't know why that's the guy you have batting lead off, but anyway. Um, so I, I think that, you know, I, I don't maybe feel as bad about where things are as some people might just because it's still a, a very winnable, gettable division. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other juggernaut teams or teams that were supposed to be juggernauts this season have not come out to, to be such mm-hmm. when we're talking about the Mets and the Padres and the Phillies, they've really kind of stumbled to, in fact, I think the Mets and the Cubs have the same record right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the Padres are not much better. Um, and the Phillies are not much better. So, you know, I think the Cubs still have as good a shot as anybody. I like the guys that we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm optimistic still. So there you go. There's well, my I, there's my pumping sunshine for the intro. Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, look, we're talking about the internet. So people are going to be down. Like when sure. things don't go good, people get really down. And when things go right, people get really up. And it's it's always there's a middle ground. And I don't think the Cubs are the worst. I mean, they're about a 500 team. That's what they thought they'd be going into the year. And that's kind of what they've been. Yeah, I, I think they could be better. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if some better decisions are made, if we start seeing a little more out of, I think if, you know, Matt Mervis, say, adjusts mm-hmm. to the majors and I think a lot of people thought that he would come up and just start hitting home runs and start, you know, seed the offense yes. and you know, he, he's got to adjust, right? Yeah. That's uh, very unfair. I mean, this is a guy that's never played in the majors before. Right. Someone like a, a Morel, he's played before. He was up last year. So he's yeah. a little more adjusted. Yeah. It's not going to be easy right away. Exactly. And even with Christopher Morel, you know, it, it's kind of a, Morel giveth and Morel taketh away sometimes, right? During the Houston series, I think it was the first game, he made a play. He he didn't make a play that probably Ian Happ could have made in left field, and it it cost the Cubs maybe three, maybe even four runs in in that early part of the game. Um, and so, you know, his defense is a little, as Joe Madden used to say, it's a little leaky, and. That's kind of the yeah. Will be a part of it too. Yeah, so that's kind of the trade-off that you you get with with even with Christopher Morrell. He's striking. Yeah, he strikes out a lot. You know, I think he had three strikeouts that game. He had the game tying home run, but then three strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes it's worth it. So, like, I'll take power in exchange for strikeouts. You know. If he can provide that pop, and if you can, if Mervis can adjust and start providing, he's good key hits but mm-hmm. um if he can start providing a little more and then we start seeing some more mashes he got his first one and that's great the ceiling for these guys is much higher than the guys that were there before that's what you feel yeah. good yeah well there's more expectation than for matt mervis than there was for a guy like frank schwindel right yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to come, you know, he just needs a little time. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you don't want to keep seeing them run Eric Cosmer out there. Mm-hmm. I think, and, I think the one hopeful thing is I think with, with um, Mervis up that you won't see that anymore. At least I sure hope. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I hope it's going to start tapering off soon. Um, we have we've had a couple of experiments now where you had Hosmer, Barnhart, and Madrigal eight, nine, and one <laughs> in the batting order, and that's not great. No, no. Um, yeah, I will ask you about that. It's kind of silly that this guy is not very good, and we shouldn't be talking about him that much. As much as he's getting like, he's getting a lot of talk about him. But as you, you mentioned already, uh, Nick Madrigal, yeah, really ready for uh, him to take a trip to Iowa. I don't yeah. think I need too much more of this. I, I think what's good that's happening, even during you, you mentioned the Cubs are playing right now. I think Miles Mastroboni has a couple hits tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, that, a, yeah, yeah. and two walks. Yeah, see, so he's having a good game. I think if you get a guy like Master Boney, who was just scorching the ball in Iowa, mm -hmm. um, prove that he can be a, a good bench player and a good guy for the Cubs to have instead of a guy like Master Boney, you yeah. know, um, then perhaps they'll be a little more uh, willing to send him to Iowa in which I, you know, I think Nick Madrigal seems, seems like a good dude. He's a local boy from my area, Sacramento area of Elk Grove, wish him nothing but the best, but you know, is a, a little slap hitting guy that doesn't get on base. I think, you know, his walk rate is at like 2% or something. Um, how valuable is that? Not, not exactly great for this lineup. Yeah. To be like, for him to be valuable, he's got to get like 310. Because yeah. he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. And he's not doing that. Yeah. He, he's got to be, he's got to be the Luis Arias, right? He's got to hit that 310, 320, you know, spray the ball all over the field, get on base at a high clip. And that's just not happening. And, um, not so. like, He's not fast. He's not like a good fielder. So it's like, what else are you offering? Right. Right. If you're not getting on base with your bat, then there's just not a lot left there. And I'm not saying like a guy like a Miles Mastroboni is going to be like an all-star or anything, but he's fast and he can, he looked at least today, he was making some nice plays in the field. He just yeah. offers, he offers a bit more. Yeah, and I mean to correlate it to the 2016 team, you need your Tommy Lastella, right? You need your guy that can come in and get a base hit when you need him to, or or work a good at bat at least. You know, make some contact, not on the ground either. You know, when you've got guys on base, you don't want to hit the ball on the ground, and uh, unfortunately, Madrigal does a lot of that. You know, those double plays are not great. Um, you want a guy who can get the ball in the air, who can make some good contact, who can take a walk, work a good at bat coming off the bench. And, and, um, that's, I'm, I'm afraid that's just not magical. Not right now. Nope. Doesn't seem like it. So now another guy who everyone, like people were like giving up on and like cutting bait with, which was like absolutely bizarre to me. But today he's like, had an unbelievable game, but. Uh, say a Suzuki. Yeah. People, what is, people were really bailing on him already, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think they're just, I, I, I don't know if people are just not paying attention to his actual statistics or what's going on. Um, but, you know, I, I was giving him a little more leeway too, I think, because he didn't have, again, a spring training for the second year in a row. He had the oblique injury. He came in three weeks late to to the season he didn't really have that ramp up time so you know we're right at right at the point now mid-may where he's it would be the time that he'd be getting ramped up in spring training and so um i think we're just now starting to see him really hit his stride and again you know if you just look at it since may 1st he's opsing 842 yeah. you know um he's he's getting on base he's slugging he's doing it all and i know that the last probably four games he's hit three home runs so that those some of the slugging numbers have shot up just in the last few games but it's good to see him starting to bring that power and really getting on base at a higher clip and i think this is closer to who he is well you know also you watch like the first three weeks he was getting some very bad luck he yeah. was flushing balls right at people. And you're thinking, you know what? Obviously, I even tweeted about it a couple of weeks ago. Like, he's getting the, like awful luck. Yeah. It's not like he's getting like weak ground balls and stuff. And it's going to turn around eventually. And it's really turning around now. Yep. And I, I, I also was seeing the people giving up on him. And, um, you know, he, it, you got to give him time, especially when, when someone like him comes in late. Again, he's still acclimating to the U.S. too. This is only his second season in the United States. There's a lot of adjustments still happening there. Uh, last year with the lockout, he didn't have a regular season. It was just, you know, there's still this adjustment period happening. So I think we're really starting to see what he can do now. And uh, this two home run game he had during during the Astros series is just, you know. Hopefully, the thing that really gets him sparked and gets him going. So I, I haven't given up on Saya at all. I think he's great. You know, it's funny. Every year, you see the same thing. People like they forget how long the baseball season is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like it's such like a an instant reaction. Like three games a week. Oh, this guy's done. He's in a slump. And it's like you know, there's still 150 games or. 130 games like stuff's gonna happen yeah a lot of season left i think it was what was it 2019 when the nationals won the world series and in may or like late may they were 11 games under 500 or something there's a lot of time for a team to turn it around yes i mean even like this year look at the pirates yeah after like such an incredible start and everyone was like that was just their their line their roster's awful what is how is this happening? And it's like, it's only a month. Just wait. And yeah. now they're already down to about 500. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I was, I kept saying it's the pirates. Just give it time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're like, well, I mean, they're still not slowing down. They're still not. And then the bottom just falls out. And like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, pirates fans. If there's any that are listening to this, but <laughs> I had to say <laughs> I don't imagine there would be, but if there are. I apologize. Yes. 
All right, so let's talk about something that's a little bit more disappointing. Because we were talking about Morel and Mervis and young guys giving us hope, and it just, it's been a struggle for um, Hayden Wisniewski this year, and he just got sent down to Iowa, and it's like, it's disappointing, but again, the majors are hard. The majors are hard, and again, he doesn't have a lot of major league experience, and I've, you know, it just seems like there's something a little off with him that they need to fix something mechanical, perhaps. Um, clearly he's not injured. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't seem to be anything like that. I think maybe a little time in Iowa will do him some good. Um, you go down, get his bearings, see if they can work out his mechanics. Clearly he's got the stuff to be a major league starter. Um, we've seen it. And I got to see Wisniewski pitch in person uh, last month in Oakland. And he had a rough first inning and then he settled in and, and pitched six more, you know, shut down innings. And yeah, it was against the A's, but still. Um, so some time in Iowa will do him some good. They can hopefully get him straightened out. And then I think we'll see him back up with the big club before too long. Yeah. And the big, the big thing I think is just, you can't get lefties out right now, yep. which is obviously an issue because once teams know that, they're going to stack their lineups with lefties. But just he just needs to figure something out that handle them, and I think he will. Yeah, it's just a matter of working with the, with our, you know, obviously the Cubs pitching, coaching infrastructure has been doing a great job with these guys. So um, he just needs some time to work it out, you know, with in a, in a lower pressure environment outside of the you know, watchful eye of Cubs Twitter and, you know, all all the major league fans and just go and, and work it out and they'll figure it out. I, I don't think it'll be long before we see him back up. Yes. And it's kind of a side issue, but I, that's another um, thing to put in your memory next year in spring training. If somebody's dominating in spring training, everyone, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I think Wazeski was just destroying spring training and it's a little different when you get to the real games it really is and in spring training you're also seeing a a mix of major league players and guys that are maybe on the 40 man but they're not going to make the 26 man or guys that are not on the 40 man at all they're not roster invites I mean you're seeing that mix of guys and so it can be deceiving sometimes you know and and they don't really there's no like that would be really for spring training. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's why, you know, it's, it's just, you, you can't always tell. <laughs> you just can't always tell. So I'll ask you a little bit. Um, what are some other things that you've noticed that you'd like to talk about that you feel good about for the Cubs so far? Um, well, I feel good about the shortstop that we signed. I can tell you that much. Yes. Especially relative to how the other three are performing with their respective teams. So you mean the um the fourth choice is actually pretty good? The, yeah, the consolation prize is pretty good. <laughs> I think the front office did okay. Um, so yeah, I feel really good about how Swanson's been playing and 
Um, even in times when, you know, he might be slumping a little bit, although, you know, the game they're playing tonight, he had the RBI triple to start off the scoring, but um, he, he comes up with the glove and with the hustle and with the attitude. And um, I hadn't really been paying much attention to how, because I was a big proponent of Trey Turner in the offseason. And I hadn't been paying much attention to how, Trey Turner is was doing this season and I looked up his stats earlier today and it's it's not that great. Um he's only OPS his OPS plus is sitting at a robust 94 right now, which I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk about how disappointing Carlos Correa's been for Minnesota so far. Um Xander Bogarts is having a pretty good start with San Diego, but that whole team, I think, is disappointing people. So I think the front office did all right, Uh, filling in the shortstop situation. Now if we could just get uh, Nico Horner back at second, I think think that middle infield situation is doing pretty well. Yes. No, Nico's been great. That, by the way, I mean, people I don't think are talking about enough how much that's hurt. In this current like little slump, not having Nico, that yeah, the whole team. Yeah, and I think that um, you know, not having him there at leadoff, not having him there to play defense, not having him there just as kind of a you know steady presence in the middle infield. And I, I think I I think I saw that he was going to be ready to come back on Friday. Uh, which is going to be May 19th. So that will be, a, I think, a very good thing and something that'll give the whole team a boost to have me go back and back at second base. And so I think it'll maybe end the, hopefully that'll be the end to the Nick Madrigal experiment for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and who knows, maybe they can put him, you know, send him to Iowa then, keep Master Pony and then, have yeah. And if he like, you know, if Madrigal ends up hitting like 320 and triple A, good. Maybe maybe they can trade him then. Maybe they can. You know, I, I do think they're trying to look for some value from him. I think that's part mm-hmm. of this. Um they don't just want to have him languishing in Iowa or not get anything back for you know, try to get something for that Craig Kimball trade, but um I don't know that they're going to be able to really do much there. You do wonder sometimes if it's like a psychological, like we don't want to look like we got, you know, fleeced in a trade. So we're going to keep like running this guy out there just to try to justify what we did. (laughs) I don't think it's a justification as much as it is trying to allow him to show what he can do. You know, it's it's more of a, hey, we do think this guy has some talent. We're trying to give him opportunities early in the season before we can't give him opportunities anymore or before we can't afford to give him opportunities anymore. And so that perhaps he'll have some worth for us in a trade. And I think that's really more it than it is justifying because, um, you know, I think how poorly Craig Kimbrell has pitched since he left the Cubs sort of justifies that trade anyway. Yes. I will take this um, rare opportunity to um, 
like give myself some praise because I I think I was one of the few. A lot of people dismissed um, bringing back uh, Drew Smiley, and I really liked it. And everyone else was like, "Yeah, I mean, he seems all right. He's fine, whatever." And I'm like, "I think he's a pretty good pitcher, and I think he might be one of their top three guys." And so far, it's actually kind of worked out that way. Drew Smiley has been fantastic, and I mean, he's since he got had that one had that one blow up. He's been pitching like an ace. I yeah. mean, you know, right now his ERA is sitting at 286 mm -hmm. and just locked down. He's just been locking teams up. It's great. Um, and he, he flashed that in the second half of the season after he came back off the injured list that he could be that guy and that he wanted that, you know, once he had that consistency and was really comfortable working with, um, the Cubs pitching coaches and the infrastructure with the team that he could be that guy. And it's just really been great to see him continue that with the Cubs and him be comfortable there. So um, give him a lot of credit. He's been pitching like a madman. So it's, yeah, it's um, pretty cool to see. The Cubs two lefties have been killing it. I know. I know. It, 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 I was, I felt kind of bad for Justin Steele having this, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't a huge blow up, but kind of getting blown up a little bit in Houston the other night. But um, I think he'll bounce back his next turn in the rotation. He was doomed. He yeah. was, you know, every, every guy gets one bad outing here and there. It's all right. Yeah. Can't be perfect all the time. I don't know if you have any other Cubs thoughts, because I'm, I'm going to ask you one more thing about Oakland. But okay. Do you have any more Cubs thoughts? Well, the one thing that I did want to bring up too is I'm excited to see Kyle Hendricks come back because he's looked he looked really good in his last outing in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And it was like he came up to the big league squad, worked with Tommy Hadovy for three or four days after having a couple of rough outings in Iowa. And it was like boom, he was all of a sudden like fixed in his old self. So um I have not given up. A lot of people have given up on Kyle Hendricks. I haven't. Maybe that's my nostalgic side talking, but I'm hoping he can come back and be a real contributor to the team and show some semblance of his old self. So I guess probably the next time through the rotation, we, we might get to see if that's true or not. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep. All right. So now I guess I'll ask you about um... – the situation in Oakland, because yeah, out there, and I mean, I, I don't know if everyone knows, but I think most people know that the, they're making a big effort to move to Las Vegas, and they've announced like these deals to build stadiums, but they're like unofficial deals, or I don't know exactly what the they they still have to get like the state legislature in Nevada to to back them or whatever, but obviously they're trying to move and. They've just like killed the fan support in Oakland. And since you go to games out there, I just thought I'd ask you about this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's really sad. Uh, it, Oakland A's fans, first, let me say this. Oakland A's fans are really loyal. And my family are all A's fans on my mom's side. So they have been loyal A's fans my whole life. I grew up in that ballpark. Well, it, 
I grew up in the Coliseum. It wasn't just a ballpark, but um, I grew up there watching games my whole life. And so um, to see what has happened and has transpired between the team and the city of Oakland and how the fans have really just been the ones that have been left out of the process and sort of kicked aside and, and forgotten and everything. It's just been very sad. Um, and when I went to the game last month, there were maybe a little more than 4,000 fans there. And I'd say probably three quarters of them were Cubs fans. Yeah. So for a game to, and that was the first time I'd ever seen it like that, you know, the, the attendance level that low and that sad. Um, and my take on it, you know, I, I have a little bit of background. Well, not a little bit of background. My, my other, my real hat, my real day job is in, in the political world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand a little bit of what is going on there, but it's really Yes, it's the owner of the A's is very culpable in this, but so is the city of Oakland. And it was just sort of a thing where um, there's a lot of fault to be had for both sides. And the fans were the ones that got left out and punished. So um, shame on everybody involved, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's just like the stadium obviously is not like even a, a playable stadium really anymore it's it's got to be something had to give and but yeah it's just sad yeah the the stadium is is old it it and it's not even so much as the ballpark itself it's the amenities for the fans the location the location is really bad um it is uh not the greatest area the it's all old and outdated and everything needs needs to be upgraded and changed and frankly bulldozed and rebuilt or, you know, they need to build, needed to build somewhere else. Um, and, you know, it still has the nostalgia for me since I yeah. have been there so many times, but you know, they built the abomination out in center field, the quote unquote Mount Davis for, the Raiders. the Raiders, yeah, that Al Davis wanted, and in the mid '90s, and it's just an eyesore if you go to a baseball game. It just doesn't belong there. It, it looks it, the old pictures. It looked much nicer before. Yeah, yeah, and and that was one of the problems of it being in a combo park, you know. So it, it just the baseball fans were the ones that really got left out of all the decisions, and then the Raiders left anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So, so it's just left it an aesthetically unpleasing place for the A's to play. It's not very well kept up. It's, you know, it's old, it's outdated. It it just, it's, for the sake of the nostalgia, it's a fun place to go watch a ball game, but that's a, about it. And so I just feel bad for A's fans. You know, they're, they've been loyal for so long and now their team is, you know, they're losing another team because most A's fans are also Raiders fans. So um, it's just yeah. not, it's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, I always feel kind of guilty because um, I, I'm a Rams fan, but I was a fan like as a kid when they were LA. 
So I was very happy to get them back in LA, but obviously the poor people in St. Louis got lost a team. So I always felt guilty about being happy about them, but they were originally LA. So I guess. They right. <laughs> it was like not feeling bad when the readers came back to Oakland from LA. Yeah. Right. Yes. But yeah, it's, it's just a bad situation. But then you're like me, you, uh, Stayed with them when they moved cities. I like, did. I, I, my rule was, as long as when they moved to St. Louis, as long as they kept the name and the logo, I would stay with them. But if they switched their name, I'd be out. Yeah. Although I do, I will not own a piece of clothing that says Las Vegas Raiders. I, I have to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that That's fair. All right. Well, I guess... I'll ask you to um, plug your stuff on the internet. You got Cubs DNA and just let everyone know about it. Yep. So I have a blog with a whole bunch of my friends called Cubs DNA. It's CubsDNA.com. And you can follow us on Twitter too, at Cubs DNA. We're on Instagram, Cubs DNA. We're on Facebook, Cubs DNA. Uh, We're just, you know, a bunch of fans. We're not professional sports writers where where you're not connected to the sport of baseball we're uh you know we're not selling anything or anything like that we're just you know a bunch of people that decided we wanted to have a blog and write about sports and give it from kind of a fan perspective we all have other day jobs that we do and um you know we just have a good time with it and have fun on social media and you know kind of kind of poke fun we try to be positive though and that's the thing even during a rough stretch where the cubs are not winning a whole lot like they haven't been we try to keep it we've been accused of pumping sunshine so i guess that's what we do is we pump sunshine mm-hmm. so. <laughs> probably better than the other way right that's what we think all right well thank you for coming on as always thank you for having me anytime you can follow Stacy on Twitter at Stacy Heaton. You can follow me on Twitter at STH85. I will be back soon with a, another episode. Hopefully that episode will be when the Cubs are doing very good and not bad like they are right now. But no matter what, we will be here and have an episode. And of course, as always, thank you for all of you guys for listening.